How many of you here believe that Jesus Christ can meet your need? Can you raise your hand? No matter what it is, no matter what it is. Praise you, Lord, I praise you. Oh, I praise you. Yes, I praise you. How I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you. Yes, I love you, Lord, I love you. believe that Jesus Christ can meet your need? Can you raise your hand? No matter what it is, it may be a drug addiction, and you may have gone through rehab, and you go back again, and then you go back and forth, and you think, you know what? It's no use. I might as well stop trying this game. I'm going to go on with my life, quote unquote. It's really death, right? When you're not living for the Lord, you're actually in a state of death. How many of you know that? The Lord says, I can permanently deliver you from drug addiction. I can deliver you from homosexuality. I can deliver you from sexual immorality. To the point where, when you commit your life to Jesus Christ, and you're stepping on saying, Lord, hold my hand for dear life. All I know is you died on the cross for me. That's all I need to know. And you say, Lord, you lead the way and I'm following. You're my light. And the devil says, but have you forgotten? You used to do this thing like it was nothing day and night for 20 years. The Lord says, my child, that's talking to you if you know the Lord. And I hope some of you come to know the Lord tonight. Amen. I believe that you will. When the devil comes to tempt you and you got Jesus and you're holding his right hand, he's holding your hand. <laughs> the Lord says to you, I want you to rebuke the devil in my name. Because the Lord Jesus has that kind of power. He was tempted, it said, in every single temptation that you and I can go through. And yet, without sin. No sin at all. When he died on the cross, he went to the grave, rose from the dead on the, on the, on the third day, rose from the grave, became alive again. He had the wounds still to show. And he still has wounds. You know what the wounds show? His holiness. His power and His love. He is holy. You know, I got a white suit on today. That doesn't mean anything. How many of you know that? If I'm an adulterer tonight and I'm wearing this suit, this suit will condemn me one day. Did you know that? Because when you wear white, and I don't do this every day, okay? I'm just wearing it tonight because I made a promise to the Lord some years back. That's between me and Him. Okay, so sometimes I wish, part of me wishes I didn't make that promise. Because people start thinking things, you know, why is he wearing white? Think he's better than us? Trying to be Billy Graham? No, not, not at all. I'm doing that because I said to the Lord, I want to be reminded of the purity that he's commissioned me to. It's just a symbol. That's, that's all it is. But what I'm saying tonight is, you may feel like I heard the gospel plenty of times. You know, maybe somebody on the corner, maybe in the subway. But you know something? 
there comes a day when you put your foot down and you say, today is the day that I'm going to make a break with sin. I want no part of it anymore. I don't know how, but because of God's word, he says, sin shall not have dominion over you. I'm going to believe that, and it's going to work in my life. You've got to have faith. The Lord is holy. The wounds, his blood is clean enough and pure enough to purify your blood. Amen. A person like me with this on, or any of the brothers, the pastors here, or even some of you who are good, in the sense that you're trying to do the right thing and help people. God likes that. That's good. But you still can't save anybody. Neither can I. Only His blood can make the payment for my sin and your sin. Secondly, His power. He doesn't just say, listen, you're in the mud. You done made a mess of your life. And now I'm going to pick you up out of that mud. And Lord, you say, Lord, let's do it. I'm tired of this life. Pick me up. And he picks you up and he puts you on the ground. He says, now let's, let's clean this off here, here. And he makes you brand new. And then the devil comes knocking again. Bro. I'm the candy man. I got what you want. You open up the trench coat. You got up and down here. Whatever your flavor, baby, I got it for you. Now you say, Lord, help me. You clean me up. But now the rubber's meeting the road. I'm still in this world. You see, if somebody came and told you, God's going to save you, and the next second you're going to be in heaven, it's all over. Then we won't need the power. We won't need the power. But God is not only able to set you free, He can keep you free. Amen? He can keep you above the shame and the stink of sin. The Lord not only delivers you from a lifestyle of self-centered living, feeding yourself, your own fantasies, your own lust, but He comes to break that, and Satan is screaming in agony because he can't control your life. But not only does He pick you up and put you on solid ground, He walks with you day by day. Amen? Every single day, you can say, Lord, today, the devil's come knocking on my door. It may be through a dream. It may be the worst dream you ever had. And the devil said, you, you're not clean. You thought you were saved. But look, look at your mind. You know what you have to say? I rebuke that thought in Jesus' mighty name. That's not me. That's the old me. This is the new me. I'm going to walk the righteous path. Lord, start praying. Prayer is your lifeline to the Lord. You start saying, Lord, help me. It doesn't have to be fancy, but you start walking the walk. So the Lord will deliver you. He's holy. He has the power. And you know what? He loves you. He loves you and me more than even the most loving person you know. It may, be, it may have been your grandmother, maybe your mom for some of you, maybe your dad, maybe your uncle, maybe your brother, your cousin. The Lord's love outshines all of that. He loved us so much. He didn't just say, I have a plan for you. And we're going to get you into this plan. But first, let me give you a lecture about how good I am. God never does that. He's humble. What he does is he goes right to the heart of the matter. John chapter 3. There was a rich man, rich in knowledge, and probably money too, Nicodemus. John chapter 3. He was a person who said, this Jesus I keep hearing about, he's got something special because he is doing miracles. How many of you know that Jesus Christ can do a miracle in your life. Amen. He does miracles, even today, even tonight. Amen? Amen? This man heard that Jesus Christ is a miracle worker. 
So what did he do? Did he see him at 12 o'clock on Canal Street and say, Jesus, in front of everybody, you got to be the Son of God because nobody can open the eyes of the blind like you. Nobody can touch the leper and make him clean. Nobody can forgive a wayward woman's sin like you can. Did he do that? No. He came in the nighttime. He came secretly. You know why? He had fear. He had pride, his knowledge, his own street smarts, right? We, how many of you have that? We have that, right? We got to survive. We all have a measure of street smarts, right? And we also have pride from that. And he also was afraid. We have fear too. There's no man who is without fear. That's just a lie. The toughest individual you can see, if God so much as lifts his finger off of his life, the common grace that he shows, that man will be cringing in fear. In fact, in the Bible, he says this. He says to the people who are so proud, he said, what happened to your mightiest men? This is God speaking. The ones who rebel against me, they're crying like they're pregnant. They're crying like they got bellies full and they're screaming. These are the mightiest men. So there's nobody on the face of the earth that has any power with God. God gives us the gift of salvation. Well, John chapter 3 reads this way. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he's got clout. He's got a standing, okay? He knows the Bible, but he's not saved. Do you know people like that? You know what I know a secret? I used to be one of those guys. I used to read the Bible, go to church, never obey the Lord, or didn't obey fully. So I always had that fear of hell, you see. Until the day came, many years ago, I said, Lord, you are my breath, you are my life, to you belongs the glory. I thank you for this brand new life you've given me and the adventure that started now. It's going to go on forever. That's a love relationship. God shows us love. That's the third point. The love that nobody else can show. Did you know that God, through Jesus Christ, is emotionally concerned about you? You know what that means? It's not like this. You need help, brother? All right. What do you need? I need a coat. Get him a coat. Next. What do you need? You see? Does that feel like love? No. The Lord ministers love from his heart. That's what I mean by emotional. He feels. He feels love toward you. He cares whether you live or die. And he wants you to be with him forever. That's love supreme. He doesn't just say, here's a bunch of rules. He says, I gave my blood for you. I went the distance to the cross and paid the price that you should pay and I should pay. You see? We all got a debt that we can never pay. The things we run, uh, done in the past, that is. If we ever told a lie, Ever felt like killing somebody? May have never done it. Or you may have done it. God says, whatever the case, my blood is powerful enough, is holy enough, and I love you enough to make you clean tonight. Hallelujah. You can take whatever sin you have tonight and say, Lord, pardon me. Pardon me for what I've done against you. When I want to do some wrong to somebody else, it's, it's really against you first because you made me to serve you and that's against your will. Nicodemus says, Teacher, we know you're from God because nobody can do what you do except they come from God. You know what Jesus said? Did he say, Nicodemus, I'm so glad you woke up and smelled the coffee. 
Because you've seen me do miracles so long, and now you're coming to me acknowledging. Did he say that? No. You know what he said? He said, I tell you the truth, you've got to be born again. He said, you must be born again. What was he doing? He went to the heart of the matter. He said, your religion, your efforts, your acknowledging that I'm the Son of God, you know, even like flattering, is not going to do you any good. you got to become born again. And he says this, Nicodemus says this in John chapter 3. And verse 4, Nicodemus scratched his head and he said, How can a man be born again, or born, when he's old? How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? You know, that's a, that's a fair question, right? He says, you want me to become born again. What do you mean by born again? What do I got to do? Are you telling me that I have to go back into my mother's belly and then come out a second time? Jesus said this. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, except a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He can't. He can't. He's got to be born of water and the Spirit. And then he says this. He says, that which is born of flesh, that is your mother's belly, your human body, that's flesh. But that which is born of Spirit is Spirit. So he says, don't be amazed, verse 7, don't marvel, that I said you must be born again. Finally, this verse. The wind blows wherever it wants. It goes from whatever direction it comes from. However, you can't really tell. You can't really tell. Can you see the wind? I can't, you know, neither can you. But, if I'm standing here and all of our Bibles close this way all of a sudden, Right, including mine. And we hear a sound. We can tell that was wind, right? And it's probably coming from there somehow. Either through a fan or, or from... So what does that say, my friend? It says that, just, Jesus said, just like the wind, when it comes all of a sudden, you can know it's there by the effect. You can see an effect come forth. Even though you can't see it with the eye. So is the Spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit, once He starts working in your life, you're going to start hating sin. Amen? Some of you have experienced that. You start thinking, I hate this life. It's not a cop-out. It's not somebody saying, you know what? I abuse my body so much, I don't want to live. It's not that. It's, I don't like the thing that caused the abuse. I want to live, but I hate the way I live. How many of you want to change your life? Praise God. God is able to do that. And I want to tell you, God loves you. God is able by the Holy Spirit to let you see your own heart as if an x-ray was shown right now. Because our heart is so corrupt, the Bible says. And we're so blind to sin. Human nature hates to hear when somebody says, Brother, you got to change your way of living. The first instinct is, who are you talking about? Why don't you take the speck out of your eye or the log out of your eye before you point your finger at me? Right? That's human nature. Instead of saying humbly, you're right. You are right. i got to change some things, but I need help. See, that's the perfect place to start. If God is holy, if God is full of power, full of love, you know what He wants from you? 
He wants you to say Y-E-S-L-O-R-D. Yes, Lord. All he wants us to do is say, I agree with you, God. Lord, I'm getting down on my knees. Lord, you are right and I am wrong. I am wrong, you are right. If you made the way for my soul to be cleansed even tonight through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit is going to change me from the inside out, and one day I'm going to come out like a butterfly, all of the past sins and the darkness of that cocoon, you know, when it's not a butterfly, before that becomes a butterfly, it's shut in, it's in the dark. No hope, no light, just a waiting period of hopelessness. One day, butterfly comes up. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. God can so transform your life to the point where He gives you the power when somebody comes and says, I have a deal for you. It's really the devil, but he's working through people. And he says, you can make a million dollars if you stick with me. All you got to do is follow this program. The Holy Spirit will help you to say to that voice and that person, I'm already rich, way beyond you can ever imagine. Because my God has done for me and will do for me more than I ask or imagine. Amen? He can do everything for me. I don't need to try to become a millionaire. I don't need to feed my ego with that thing that's going to make me proud. I don't need to smoke another joint because that stuff is destroying this body. And I come to find out one day, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit lives in me, this thing has no part with me. It's out of my life. God will give you the power to do that. I'm not just speaking from the book. I'm speaking from experience. Not necessarily drugs, but other things. Okay, so we, all of us, we are fair game for the devil. We have no power to overcome the devil. But Jesus Christ crushed the devil under his feet. That snake, that's the devil, that's deceptive. He brings you sin in a package. He says, just do this, and you're going to get high. You're going to feel high. You're going to get your jollies. But he never tells you the price tag attached to it. He never tells you, this is going to destroy you. This is going to take you to hell. It's going to affect many people. He never says that because he's a liar. He only shows you part of it. Jesus Christ says, I'm telling you the truth. He says, all that you ever tried in your life is all going to lead to a road that's going to go down to hell. But the day you say, Lord Jesus, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want a brand new heart. And that's the heart of the matter, my brother. We need a new heart. Only Jesus can give us a new heart. Nicodemus here came secretly. Maybe some of you have said to the Lord, or inside your conscience, you know, this thing about Jesus, it sounds okay, it sounds good, but I don't know that I want to make a commitment to the Lord. I don't know that I want to be known as a Christian. See, maybe you got a certain fear and anxiety. Maybe you haven't had the boldness to say, I want a new life, and I want it now. And I don't care what it's going to cost me. I'm taking all of my paraphernalia, whatever I accumulated, all of my lusts, all of my evil desires, all of the objects that lead to sin in my life, 
physical or people, bringing it to the foot of the cross. Say, Lord, I'm surrendering to you. That's the reason why people who don't know the Lord are duped by the devil into thinking it's no use because they never surrender. It's only when you surrender your life to Jesus by faith. When you say, Lord, I don't know. You know, but I know one thing. I need you. And I want you, Lord. I want you to cleanse me, Lord. You died on the cross for me. And Lord, you're a great Savior. I'm a great sinner. We make a perfect match. I need you, Lord. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Heal me. And I will walk in your way. Give me strength by the Holy Spirit. I want to say one more thing. There are people who know the Lord. Okay, there are people who know the Lord and they're still struggling. How many of you heard that? They're still struggling. They say one day, it's a beautiful day. I think I'll go to church. I think I'll read the Word, fellowship, come here to uh, Pacific Guard Mission, hang out a little bit. I feel good. I feel nice. Sugar and spice. Okay, I, I, I feel good. It's a feeling. But there's only one problem. Monday comes along. Monday, the devil starts talking to me again. He says, you know that feeling you had? It was just a loving feeling. That's all it was. You were righteous, brother. But only for one day. I got you the rest of the time. So stop pretending. All of these things come. You know why when somebody says to God, I think, Lord, I try you. I, I want to I be with you. I need a new life. I agree with all of that. Preacher man, I agree with every single thing you said. There's only one problem. When I'm by myself, or with my old friends, I just don't seem to have the power. What's happening? Same problem that happened to the person who didn't get saved. The one who really got saved and loved Jesus Christ, they also still got some more surrendering to do. Amen? Amen. That's the crux of the matter. Until you and I die to self, and we say, Lord, I am nothing without you. You're my everything. Lord, even when I come to know you, I come to Pacific Guard Mission, or I hear on the radio, or these things are coming in front of me, and I know, I know I'm missing something in life, something major. I need, I, need, I need Jesus Christ. But all these lies are coming. I feel weak. The Lord says, surrender completely. I surrender all. The day you say to the Lord, whether you don't know the Lord or you come to believe in the Lord and you're still suffering, or you're struggling, you know, maybe backsliding, come back to the Lord and say, Lord, do a deep work in me. I still have some things to give up. You know what happened to me? When I got saved some years ago, I'm going to wrap this up, uh, I got healed. I had bronchial asthma for 11 years to the point of death. You know, I couldn't run, I couldn't play, afraid of the future. I had my three medicines, day and night taking it, you know. And I kept praying, but between sin and the sickness, I felt hopeless. But I love to go to church, and I knew there's something with God that I'm missing. Well, a friend of mine said to me, do you know that Matthew 18, 19 in the book says that if any two of you shall agree on earth, Jesus said this, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father. He quoted that scripture to me. And he looked at me, he had these eyes like, he was, he was a Jamaican brother, you know, back in, back in uh, Brooklyn. This is over 20 years ago. 
he looked at me in the eye, and that brother was my hero, because he lived a pure life. And he was very intelligent, very musically gifted, aced every sport. The ladies loved him. I mean, he had the, what they call the gold touch, mighty touch. He had everything, but he knew he needed Jesus. When he met Jesus, all of those things became in line. His life came together. You see, sometimes we look at people and we think from the outside, he's got money, I don't, or he's got more money than me, he must be living better. He has more people, he has a better job, he has, not so. It's the inside that counts. The Lord is looking at the heart. Do you know me, and are you serving me? Well, this brother put his hand on me and quoted that scripture and said to me, I'm going to pray for you. And the Lord said, he'll heal you. So believe. And he said, start, start thanking God. Well, God did a miracle. No other way to explain it. I've been going to my doctors for 11 years. Within two weeks of May of 1990, the Lord took the whole disease away. I was jumping for joy. To the glory of God. God did that. You, know, you know what that did for me? That showed me that God is not just an imagination. He's not an imaginary figure. He's not just something to lean on when I feel I need some hope. He's a living God, and He's got the power to heal you inside and out. Amen? Amen. God can heal your soul. God can heal your mind. God can heal your body. He's a total Savior for the total man. He's going to make you brand new. If you believe that, like I believe, God's going to manifest His power even in your mind, your body, and your spirit. Now, He may not instantly take away a disease, but He's going to let you feel His presence. And He's able to do everything. So if you have faith in the Lord, that's what my friend told me. This brother, what's that, 23 years ago? He told me, you heard about Jesus all your life. I said, yes, I did. He said, but had you believed Him? Then he says, the words that he spoke, what did they mean to you? I said, I thought they meant everything, but they really didn't because I didn't believe them. See, he said, you've got to believe. And he gave me verses from this book, this book, the Bible. He told me, read about what the Lord said about faith and new life in Christ. And then, before you feel, let me talk about the wind. Before you feel any different, open this mouth that God gave you and start praising His name. Amen? Amen? So if you pray, Lord God, deliver me from the immoral heart that I have. My mind is messed up. I can't seem to get away from immoral thoughts. God, what's wrong with me? Please help me. The Lord says, I hear your cry, and I will deliver you. Do you believe? We ought to say, yes, Lord, and then start thanking Him. You get a hold of this book. You start reading it for dear life, and you say, Lord, every word is true. If you said, sin shall not have dominion over me, then I believe your word. It's got to go. It's got to go. And I'm going to start praising God for that. Lord, I thank you that you're going to deliver me from this. And I'm going to take some steps. Do you know when you really have faith, you're going to do some actions. So if you say, Lord, help me to go this way to heaven, I'm not going to be walking this way, right? I'm not going to say, Lord, let me go to heaven. That's a contradiction. So, if I say, Lord, I want to be clean, and my old friends start calling, we got to
got a special thing going on. You're the man. We want you to be there. You're the life of the party. You got to say, hello. That man is dead. I'm a, new, I'm a new person now. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't go that way anymore. What do you mean you don't go that way? You think you're better than us? You got religion? You crazy? You're in trouble. You're not our friend anymore. Furthermore, you're going to get hurt. This is all from the devil. Everybody who knows the Lord is going to suffer some type of persecution. But Jesus Christ is the truest friend who will help you overcome all of that. And you're going to stand one day as a testimony that when Jesus saved me, and I believed his word, I took him at his word. And when he told me, don't go to that street of sin anymore. And I said, Lord, I feel the tug of temptation. Lord, I get down, I start crying. I said, Lord, I don't want to go. Lord, even if it kills me, I will not sin against you. When I say it like that, God knows I'm in business. I've said that before to the Lord. Lord, if I can't serve you, I don't want to live. That's a good prayer. Because God will take you seriously. He will give you the grace to overcome sin. He will give you the grace. Every step you take for the Lord, He will take you two steps forward. That's the grace of God. That's because He loves you. Amen. So please be assured tonight that if you say to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, tonight I believe that you died on the cross 2,000 years ago for my own sins, my wickedness. Lord, forgive me for lying. You start saying it to the Lord. Lord, forgive me for stealing. Lord, forgive me for, for wishing I had hurt somebody. Lord, forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for all of this thing that is not good. All my sins. Lord, I believe that your blood is able to cleanse me thoroughly from my sin. And I'm pleading with you, Lord. Save my soul. I want to be born again. What is born again? Not going to my mother's belly a second time and coming out. But in my heart, becoming a brand new person. The Holy Spirit, who you can't see with your eye, when you believe on Jesus Christ, will begin to work in your heart and change you completely. But you keep walking, brothers. You keep walking with Him. You keep meeting business with God, and He'll make you a testimony. When you have 10,000 people around you who say, I heard about Jesus too, but I'm still a sinner. That is, I still go back to sin. I still watch the things that I shouldn't watch. Oh, it's not as bad as before, but, you know, it's drastically cut down, but I still have a problem with that. So, I know about Jesus, I don't need to hear anymore. You know what you can say one day? What you're telling me has got to be a different Jesus. Because my Jesus not only saves me from sin, He delivers from the power of sin. Amen? He can help you walk clean so that those crowd of people around you can say, this is unbelievable, but actually believable. Because this man does not even go near the old things that he used to be addicted to. That's the power of God. That's the grace of God. None of us here who are sitting up here or standing up here or in the, in the audience who know the Lord can ever claim that we can keep ourselves. We cannot. It's the power of Jesus Christ. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But you guys got some, some asking tonight. The Lord sent me here tonight from New York. You know, my life is the Lord's. And I love the Lord and His ministry comes first. That's the way our family is. 
You know, and the joy that we have in doing that is lives changed. I want to tell you tonight, we have seen people, even under the influence of drugs, right in front of us, fully flushed, trembling. When we prayed and they believed, they got set free from sin and addiction. They were set free to the point where their color actually came back and they were rejoicing in God. That's the power of God. Amen. Nobody can tell me God can't do that today. God is still alive and still on the throne. So believe it with all your heart. Whatever you have in your heart that's keeping you from Jesus, tell Jesus, I'm going to throw that thing out. Whatever it is, Lord, with your help, I'm going to get rid of this thing. It's not worth it. My soul is not worth anything. That's why the Lord says, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. Nothing. Don't let the devil tempt you to forfeit your soul and go to hell. Because your soul is worth far more than anything else. Keep your soul in Jesus' love. Walk with Him, and He will transform you and use you to go back to your family, your relatives, your friends, even your enemies. And they come to the cross seeing your life. Hallelujah. That's the life I want to live. How many of you want that kind of life? To live for the Lord in a way that is well-pleasing to Him so that He can use your life to count for something more than for yourself. For His glory and honor. And one day, I guarantee you, this white garment here, this is going to go to the grave. One day it's going to be moth-eaten, but he's going to give me another robe. He's going to give you another robe. It's a righteous robe that will never grow old. It's going to be shining because of what he's done for you. Because you surrendered to him. God can deliver you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to just invite my wife. She's going to sing a song. We're going to pray for you. Lord is good.
We're just going to wrap it up with a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you, God, that you're alive today and on the throne. Abba, Father, this evening we have, Lord, the privilege of glorifying your holy name. And I pray, Lord, that the people that heard the word, Lord, would surrender their lives to you at once. Lord in heaven, help them to taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, help them, Lord, to know you intimately, O Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, Lord, wrestle with them, Lord. Lord, those who, Father, who want to come to you, but they're being pulled back by sin. Lord, I pray, help them to see what's at stake is their eternal soul. The soul is worth more than anything else. I pray, Lord, for the dear people here, Lord, these wonderful people, Lord. Bless them. Transform their lives through your precious blood, the redeeming blood of Jesus. And Lord, I pray, bless, Father, this mission, Pacific Guard mission, Lord, and all the, Father, the brothers, Lord, that are working here, Lord, that are, Lord, living for you, above reproach, above sin, by the grace of the Lord Jesus. Lord, use their lives to continue to draw people to Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for making, Lord, this evening a time, Lord, where we can come to you, hear the word, and have a chance to turn it all over to you, Lord. Bless the people, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anybody here who wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Let me just see your hand. Anybody here that wants the Lord to give you a new life? He can do it tonight. Praise God. If we could just pray for you. If you'd like to come up here, we'll pray for you one by one. Touch from
for prayer, please contact us at prayer at lbethelinternationalministries.org. That's prayer at lbethelinternationalministries.org. Or you may phone us at 001-845-360-0534. Once again, 001-845-360-0534. You may write us at El Bethel International Ministries, PO Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. On the web, please visit us at www.elbethelinternationalministries.org.